Hi, I'm Jennifer Z, and welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Here's what you can expect from listening to Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy. My true passion is all about helping educate you, the listener, on food, fitness, and wellness. I educate through my own story and experiences on a multitude of topics, including inflammatory conditions, women's health, plant-based nutrition, fitness, and mindfulness. It's designed to teach you how you can become your most powerful self every single day. From interviews with today's top health, fitness, wellness, and spiritual experts, this podcast is a fun and happy atmosphere. So sit back and enjoy some of the amazing interviews that I have with experts and people who have completely transformed their lives through plant-based nutrition, fitness, and wellness. And if you love this podcast and would love to see it grow with even more incredible episodes, you now have the opportunity to support the Jennifer Z podcast by visiting jenniferz.com forward slash podcast. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-Z-E-E.com forward slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T. This helps me amp up the podcast finding more incredible guests while increasing the number of episodes being published. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z community. Today on the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy podcast, I have Margaret Coons. She's the founder and CEO, or the Big Cheese, of a really cool company called Nuts for Cheese. Food preparation and production has been a longtime passion for Margaret. A vegetarian since the age of 12 and vegan since the age of 19, creating delicious alternatives to more conventional available food products was a hobby that turned into a career. She didn't grow up in a vegetarian family, so she began to cook for herself at a pretty young age and became interested in making vegetarian and vegan dishes. Working as a chef in a vegan restaurant, Margaret spent many late nights in the kitchen creating cashew-based vegan cheeses. In 2015, she decided to try her hand at a local farmer's market booth with vegan cheeses she'd been making for a couple of years. This was when the young chef turned entrepreneur combined her passion for food and art of culinary experiences with her commitment to her dietary choices to create nuts for cheese. Just as she started the booth at the farmer's market, that's when the demand for nut-based cheeses began to soar and retail requests came in and her business took off. Nuts for Cheese is available in 1,000 stores across Canada and I had the amazing opportunity to check out the Nuts for Cheese booth when I presented at this year's Veg Food Fest in Toronto. And I have to say that the cheeses that I tried were absolutely out of this world. So I just knew that I had to have Margaret on the podcast chatting all about vegan cheese. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Margaret. Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. So I'll talk, I talked a little bit about your uh, visiting your, the booth at Veg Food Fest for nuts for cheese. Uh, but when we'll talk a little bit about that later and our favorite cheeses and stuff like that. But I want to start by hearing your story because 
you have a pretty incredible story. You have been a vegetarian since the age of 12 and a vegan since the age of 19. And the incredible part of your story is you became vegetarian, even though you did not grow up in a vegetarian home. And so initially becoming a vegetarian led you to ultimately becoming a vegan. So I just want to know like how that started, what initiated it, and then ultimately what led you to becoming a vegan, a full vegan in the end? Sure. Um, so yeah, like you mentioned, I've been vegetarian since I was 12. I I think like growing up, I never really loved eating meat. And uh, it was sort of like the last thing on my plate. I was always like not allowed to leave the table until I'd eaten all my food. But it was just something that I never really liked as a kid. Uh, And then I remember watching um, some like animal rights videos when I was around 11. And it was sort of the first exposure I'd had to um, vegetarianism being an option for um, the way I ate. And uh, I remember being sort of at summer camp and defiantly deciding I was a vegetarian because I was, you know, had a little bit of leeway in, in what I chose to eat there. And I remember coming home from from camp and telling my family, like, uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a vegetarian now. <laughs> and uh, That's amazing. They, they were pretty uh, perplexed, I guess, at the beginning. And they've, they've really come around now. About half my family is vegetarian or vegan. Um, but for a long time, yeah, I was the only vegetarian in the house. And Really, the transition to veganism, it sort of seemed like a, like a natural extension of vegetarianism. Like the more I learned about the different reasons that people were vegetarian and vegan, the more it seemed to make sense. And then it also really coincided with a, like a strong love for food and a passion for food production that, uh, um, you know, supported that uh, lifestyle choice. That's amazing. And I love that you've basically transitioned your whole family. <laughs> I kind of did the same thing yeah. and, and not purposely and not yeah. in, in a way that would seem aggressive in any way. For mm-hmm. me, it was just like I was the sole cook in the house. So everyone kind of had to eat what I was making. And then it was funny because even my, my in-laws, they, they were like, they saw that I was going through all these health issues. And then they saw as the health, as my diet changed, the health issues started changing and improving. And they were just like, wow, if that's working for you, what can it do for me? And it was almost Mm -hmm. like an indirect way I was influencing them. So I love that you've influenced your family too. Yeah, definitely. And I often hear clients say, you know, going plant-based is too difficult because they, they have these family members who are unwilling to come on board with them, or they have friends or even roommates that they're living with who are like, oh, you know, you do your thing, but I'm definitely not doing that. But I mean, you made that transition in a household that definitely wasn't vegetarian at the time. So how did you, how did you do this successfully? Like I, like the details involved in just everyday life for you, especially when you didn't really have that full support. And then maybe you can give some advice to some people who are listening, who are like, yeah, I'd love to go plant-based, but no one in my household is plant-based. And like, I feel alone or I'm just not supported. I think that, yeah, it's definitely a really tough thing if you have like a partner who doesn't eat the same way that you do. Like for me, sharing food is a, a really important thing. And mm. one of my one of my favorite things to do is to, you know, have a meal with someone I care about. So it is really hard if people are unwilling to, you know, eat the way that you do. I think, you know, one thing is it's hard when it's your family and you're young because you don't really have a choice of <laughs> whether you want to yeah. eat or not. But I think like I've been really fortunate to sort of curate a um, community around me that is, uh, you know, really passionate about food, but also really willing to try new things and uh, open to, to having new experiences. But I think when I was young and like really starting to 
um, like lean into my vegetarianism was around the same time that I decided uh, to learn how to cook. And I became really, really passionate about cooking. So um, in the summers when I was a teenager, I actually, I had a, a summer job up in Muskoka working at a, at a country club and I would work in the kitchen there in the summers. And uh, so I was, you know, learning a little bit about food production and food preparation uh, and it wasn't vegan. And uh, then on my way home from work, I would go to the, the grocery store and just buy like every single vegetable I could find and, you know, take it home and make just like looking back at it now, like hilarious dishes that were like, you know, <laughs> pasta with like chickpeas, and like every single vegetable. <laughs> like, but that's, but that's how you learn though. Right. I mean, I, for example, I didn't even know how to cook before I went plant-based and, and to be honest, it's a lot easier cooking plant-based than it was when I was trying to cook meat and stuff like that. Oh, so sure. I feel like just playing around and seeing and, and finding out what you like, right? So certain spices that you like, and you don't even necessarily have to change the entire, what I've learned is you don't have to change the entire bowl from day to day. Like you could still use brown rice in like three or four different bowls throughout the week, but it's mostly like the spices and stuff like that, that are, that make the big change in the, in the dinner or in the bowls rather. So you don't feel like you're eating the same thing every day. So I think too, like just experimenting, like you were saying, like just play around and don't be afraid. Like if it doesn't taste good, big deal. (laughs) Uh No, I think like having a vegetable focused diet um, actually offers so much more diversity and room for exploration that there are so many, I think another thing is like a lot of people grew up eating boiled carrots and Mm -hmm. like eggplant. And they think that they don't like vegetables because they haven't had them prepared well. (laughs) Like the number of people that I know that are like, I don't eat mushrooms. It's like, well, you've just had really bad mushrooms your whole life. (laughs) So I think uh, it's like, there is a a huge um, opportunity to find a lot more nuance and uh, excitement in your any vegetable crab. That's huge too. And I love that you mentioned that because I think, you know, like from experience, my family dinners growing up were, Mm -hmm. like you said, like boiled carrots. Well, that basically takes all of the taste out of the carrot. Mm -hmm. So it's just like eating something orange. (laughs) Orange and mushy. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the cool thing about when you finally, like for me, I think what happened was I went I went plant-based for health reasons, obviously. And I basically did it overnight because I wanted to improve my my symptoms with endometriosis ASAP. Mm-hmm. Like I just wanted them to get better. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try this plant-based lifestyle and I'm going to go full throttle. But I think for me, I kept fishing for a little while. And I mean that like th- literally three weeks and then finally sure. moved up full transition. So when I, so for me, it wasn't that I went vegetarian to vegan and my intentions were totally different than say someone who decided to do it from an ethical standpoint. Mm -hmm. But I always find it interesting when I hear people say, you know, yeah, I was vegetarian for a long time and then I decided to go vegan. And I'm always like, well, what, what was that pivotal moment that you decide that was it? Like you made that final decision. Can you remember for you, like the, day that you decided like, okay, well, I'm going to make that full switch and like what was going on and, and why you decided that that was, it was time. Sure. Uh, yeah, I remember it very clearly actually. Uh, well, I, I, it's funny. I had flirted with veganism like a few times as a teenager. There was like some periods of time where I was, you know, buying soy milk and I was like, you know what? I could, I could totally be vegan and, you know, and trying different, I, I was, I've always been really interested in, um, you know, different alternative products. And I guess that sort of make sense for, um, you know, how my career turned out. But I think for, mm-hmm. for a long time, I was really interested in, you know, 
um, substituting different things. And I would sort of be vegan for a couple of months and then go back to being vegetarian. And then it was when I was, I was 19 and I was living in my first student home. And I remember I was making eggs one day and I just cracked an egg and just something about it, like disgusted me. <laughs> it was like yeah. something had changed and it just like disturbed me so much. And then I was like, never again, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> and uh, it was, uh, yeah, that was that. <laughs> but I think I'd, you know, I'd been thinking about it for a while, but that was really like the, I guess like the thing that set, set it off. Absolutely. I think maybe what happens is like the subconscious it's, especially when you spend some time thinking about it and then, you know, you throw it into your subconscious and then finally, and I hear the same story that you just said over and over, but not like with different types, like say um, animal protein or eggs sure. or whatever the case is. And they literally, they're cooking it and they just look at it and they're like, nope, I'm done. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> so it's always amazing to me. I love those stories. Um, but I find too, like when I talk to people, they say, and especially when they find out I'm plant-based, they're like, oh, like, first of all, the first question is like, well, how do you get your protein? Well, what do you eat? Right. Do you eat salads all day? And then after I finish talking about all of that, which takes a long time, the person's always like, and I could see the wheels turning and they're always kind of like, you know, I could give up meat and everything else that's involved with going plant-based. But the one thing that I can't give up is cheese. And I've yeah. talked about it many times on the podcast, how there's like a neurological thing that happens in the brain due to mm -hmm. the casein in the cheese um, as to why people have such a hard time giving up cheese. But I think maybe it could go beyond that. It's like something from their childhood or whatever the case is. But for you, I mean, why do you think that cheese is like one of the hardest things to give up? Um, I mean, it's it's definitely something I hear all the time too. People routinely say, you know, I wish I could be vegan, but I can't give up cheese. And mm -hmm. I think like one of my main priorities in having this business is that I don't want people to have to make that choice between the way they eat for like, you know, their ethical or health reasons um, and having a, you know, a good tasting product that actually is a viable alternative. I think cheese is like a pretty cool thing. Like it's, it's pretty miraculous that we can make something like so delicious, so comforting, so applicable in so many recipes, like from a culinary standpoint, cheese is super important. Um, and you know, I think that the reliance on, um, animal agriculture and the dairy industry to be able to, um, provide that, uh, really sort of unique and, um, you know, interesting experience, uh, isn't great. So I'd like, for me, I love being able to sort of bridge that gap and um, produce a product that people actually can cook with that is still fermented, it's still cultured, it's still aged. It's just um, using, a, using a different medium. Oh, completely. And I have to admit, okay, so I tried to make plant-based cheese at home. Uh -huh. And um, albeit it did turn out okay, it tasted like cheese, but I mean, it was a very basic recipe. It was like nothing to write home about. I don't even want to, I don't even know why I'm sharing this, but, <laughs> but in all honesty, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of patience. I had like these jars of Arjuvalac growing wow. literally on my countertop and my stepkids are like, what is that? And they, they thought it was some science experiment, <laughs> which oh, yeah. it kind of was. So that's why I'm so happy that there's like businesses like nuts for cheese out there that I'm like, oh, okay, this is perfect. I don't have to go through that. And I mean, we'll get into the different flavors and stuff because I'm sure. obsessed, <laughs> but I, I'd love to know from you, like, what were some of the initial challenges that you faced during that like first phase of business and you're creating this plant-based cheese um what were some of the the issues maybe that came up or or just like funny stories or whatever about making your um nuts for cheese 
Um, well, I think um, starting out, I mean, one of our biggest issues sort of from the beginning has been scaling. Mm. Um, been a lot of demand and it's so exciting to see the growth that has happened, but sort of being able to keep up with that with, you know, the number of hours that are in the day and the number of people that I have on the team has always been has always been a, a bit of a struggle, but I mean, we're always growing and adapting. And um, that's also on the flip side, one of the most exciting things about having this business. But when I, when I first started out, I was working as a chef full time uh, and I started renting the, the restaurant kitchen where I was working in the middle of the night to make cheese. So I would, Oh my uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> You're amazing. That's awesome though. That's like a true entrepreneurial story. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It was a, it was an intense time. I, uh, <laughs> But like cook dinner at the restaurant, um, you know, most nights of the week and then go home on Thursday and Friday night. I rented the restaurant kitchens. I'd go home and like get my 50 pound bag of cashews, and my vacuum sealer, drive it to the restaurant and uh, make cheese until about four in the morning. And then I did the farmer's market on Saturday morning. So I'd like literally cook dinner at the restaurant, go get my stuff, work all night. I didn't do the farmer's market the next day, go to the restaurant by four o'clock after the market to cook dinner again. <laughs> oh my uh, goodness. <laughs> it was it was a lot. It was like a really like intense, you know, around the clock dedication to this new passion project that just kind of like took over my life so quickly. And I mean, we started getting retail requests before I'd even had my first farmer's market date. So it was like, you know, Googling food regulation labeling standards to figure out like what I needed to print off on my printer and sticker onto my saran wrap packaging in the very beginning so that, you know, I could be compliant and sell in stores. And it's been a little bit like chasing a snowball down a hill for the last four and a half years, I guess. But it's uh, honestly, I'm, I'm, you know, so grateful for the, for the growth and for, you know, all of the demand and the support. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, you're in a thousand stores across Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think even more now. <laughs> I was going to ask you that because I'm like, I feel like, I mean, so it's funny. I stepped by the booth and, yeah. um, and then I started. So my mom is slowly transitioning to the plant-based lifestyle and also for health reasons. And her whole thing is cheese, right? She's like, I can't give up the cheese. And I was like, okay, you've got to find this product and that's for cheese. And I Googled the locations and she lives in Whitby. So okay. for those listening in the U.S., this is like Whippy, Ontario, which is like the outskirts of Toronto. And she found your cheese in, I think it was Farm Boy or something like that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, it, And then she tried it. And obviously she's like obsessed just like me. And she's like, thanks so much for introducing this. I can finally give up cheese. And, and her story is really cute too, but that's like for another day. Um, but it's amazing that, you know, your products in all of these places. Do you have, do you have like a funny memory or um, a funny story about like when this all started happening? Like, cause I'm sure it was like a whirlwind when you're like, Oh my gosh, now I'm in grocery stores, like Whole Foods. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> oh, there's, there's so many, but one that one story that sticks out to me, I guess is when we first started selling to farm boys, we've been uh, selling to some, some major retail chains for a few years now, but I remember our, first shipment ever going to farm boy was the first time that we ever had to palletize product and we were in our old facility so we didn't have a, a lifted like a raised loading dock that could meet a truck dock to get the pallet onto the truck and our walk-in fridge wasn't big enough to accommodate a full pallet so we had to like palletize the order uh like put all the cases on the pallet wrap it up as the truck was arriving and then when the truck arrived we realized that they didn't have a lift gate to get the get the pallet onto the oh. truck <laughs> and so we had this, like 
pallet of cheese that was like a few hundred pounds. It had like 700 cases. It was like the biggest order that we had ever done to date. And we'd all been, you know, working all night for a week. I think we had a team of like six or seven people at the time. And I remember getting everyone. It's like, we'd come this far. Like we had to get this cheese onto the truck. You must. Yeah. So we like (laughs) rallied everyone to go outside and all of the neighbors at like the neighboring carpentry facility next door. And we all like gathered around the pallet and lifted it onto the truck. (laughs) Like things like that, that like, you don't, you don't realize that there's so many things where like, you know, we've, we have like run out of stuff like this week, even we um, are, capacity uh we've you know exceeded it almost three times this week based on um huge orders that have been coming in which is incredible but yesterday i was like running around to all the home depots to buy extra buckets for us to use in production because we'd run out of room in our fermenters <laughs> like just like that kind of wow. stuff is you know routinely happening and it, it definitely keeps things uh exciting and makes for some good stories to, to look back and laugh on <laughs> oh yeah for sure for sure. So, I mean, with this plant-based, it seems like uh, the plant-based lifestyle is really taking off. Like if you, anytime you watch TV, there's another either plant-based burger or um, I think there's like breakfast sandwiches now, like a plant-based sausage, but it's just popping up everywhere. And I always tell people like I picked a really good time to go plant-based because I think that if I had have gotten diagnosed with endometriosis, let's say, five, even 10 years ago, and I had to go plant-based or found the lifestyle, I think it would be very difficult. Mm -hmm. And that's not to to say that I survive on just processed plant-based food. (laughs) Um, I do make my own food like 90% of the time, but it is nice to be able to go out and for example, um, have a burger with friends and not have to be like, oh, I can't really you know, eat that. And, and talking about how plant-based cheese has evolved, I feel like plant-based burgers have definitely evolved too. Like they're not the cardboard patties that people are kind of used to. Um, (laughs) oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) Like, I don't, I think I tried one years ago and this was in my teens when I was like protesting and saying like, I'm going to become a vegan, just more or less to upset my parents. Um, and I tried a veggie burger and was like, Nope, not doing it. (laughs) Um, but I think I'm definitely very fortunate today. And I think that there's so many of these companies popping up. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think sets nuts for cheese apart from your competition, for example? Sure. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It's been incredible to see the the changes since I was a young vegan eating, you know, cardboard and plastic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, you know, honestly, like I feel, I feel really excited about our competition. I'll say that that firstly, I guess, like, I think we are, you know, of course, competitors, but at the same time, kind of working together to build the category that um, supports the way that people eat now. Um, mm. But I think in terms of, you know, what, what really sets us apart is that, uh, you know, sort of that, that culinary background behind the product, they are all, um, you know, recipes that I, you know, spent tons of time developing with, uh, you know, my experience working as a chef. So the flavor, Flavor first um, has been, you know, a huge uh, priority of ours because I don't think, you know, there's, uh, you know, any benefit to having a product that you're trying to widely market if it doesn't taste good. I think people, you know, are sort of driven by, um, you know, their desire for something delicious uh, just as much as they are by, you know, their their uh, moral compass. Not to say that they're going to eat something um, that they that they don't morally agree with, but it's just um, I think right. it's important to have. Uh, product. Um, 
our product is also certified organic and it's fermented. Uh, so it has, you know, some, some strong health benefits behind it. Uh, we focus really uh, quite a bit on, you know, sourcing the best ingredients we can from our suppliers. And I think finally, one last advantage that we have is that we have such an incredible team. So I have, you know, about 24 people that work here uh, who are all, you know, incredibly committed to the production of this product, the marketing of it, the sales of it, the quality of it. Um, and just, you know, our, our company culture is really incredible. So I feel, feel super fortunate uh, about that. I feel too, like when it comes to company culture, you really naturally attract people who are on your same like energy level. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's interesting with especially smaller businesses and entrepreneurs where when you actually look at the dynamics of their company, it's like, oh my gosh, you guys are, you found like your family here. Like it's just it's so nice to see. It's, it's such a close relationship and there's like a nice bond. Um, and talking about flavor though. So I had the opportunity to meet some of your amazing team members and uh, I was presenting at Veg Food Fest and I decided like I had to come by your booth and check out the cheese. And I, I love the black garlic. Is that the newest? Yes. Yeah. Just released. Okay. So my stepson and I uh-huh. are like obsessed with it. Um, and my mom loves the super blue cheese. Oh, nice. So I want to know what's your favorite. Um, well, my favorite was the red rind. And mm. it's still, I, I try to love all my children the same. <laughs> so, <laughs> the red rind, I, I really, really like a lot. It's got um, smoked paprika and uh, turmeric on the rind. And then it's got like a really rich creamy base. So it's a really nice one to cook with. Uh, but now that we've released the the black garlic, I think it's my new favorite. It's it's yeah. so delicious. It just has that like really rich earthy umami flavor. It's got that hit of garlic. It's like, like super fermented, super health food, delicious. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty crazy about it. Uh, oh yeah. It lasted maybe like 10 minutes in our refrigerator when we got home <laughs> and we weren't even eating something. I mean, basically you can put cheese on everything, but we were really not eating something that required anything like that. And I was just like, Hey, go grab that black garlic cheese. We're going to put it on our dinner. <laughs> And uh, like, luckily I didn't take a picture of it because <laughs> it was just a bowl of, I think it was like lentils and broccoli. Uh-huh. And, um, we, I mean, because I was busy during the day and I said, let's just have a very simple dinner. I threw together like odds and ends that I had batch cooked earlier in the week. And I was like, you know, it'll go perfect with this. And literally all night, one of us would say in the family, oh, you know, it would go perfect with this. And it kept coming out of the refrigerator until I was uh, like, I was the last one to take it out. And it was like when someone puts the Brita water back in the refrigerator and it's empty, (laughs) that same feeling. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) it's gone. But luckily I can get some more. Yes, totally. (laughs) So uh, we've talked a little bit about being an entrepreneur and, um, and like, I mean, I know from my experience there's so many things that you don't think of and that these back end things that you have to take care of for instance like your story about having to pick up this like 100 pound cheese um and i think that it takes a specific person with like a set of unique skills to really thrive in this area and I mean, there's so many people who are like, no, nope, I wouldn't want to do it. Like that sounds terrible. And for me, I, I eat, breathe and live plant-based and happy. Like that is just 
what I do every day because it, it is my passion and it's just easy for me to wake up and think about, okay, what am I going to do today? Right. So, but I do feel like for me in particular, I need to be highly organized and without, and I have lists upon lists mm-hmm. and notes telling me to look at my list basically. So I'm like this task oriented crazy person. But what do you think your unique skills are um, and that you continue to use that have helped you with the success of your business? Um, That's a good question. I think think I'm a strong multitasker and I think I'm I'm very versatile. So I'm, I'm pretty willing to try anything to take anything on and to, to sort of do whatever it takes for, for the business. I think that that is sort of the thing that scares a lot of people away is that a lot of people are not willing to put in those hundred hour weeks, you know, whenever they need to happen and sort of drop everything. And it, it really is like having a child, like you, like a, you know, massive oh, for sure. child with you know, <laughs> whatever. It's like, it really does need to take precedence over everything. And it is a huge commitment. And I think, uh, I've not been afraid of commitment to, to this business. And I think that that's been, um, been something that's uh, helped. Uh, my I think so too. It definitely shows. So final question for you, Margaret. Yeah. And this is a question that I ask all of my guests because I love all of the answers and they're all unique and they're all different. And in some way, each listener has a different take on the way they hear what the person is talking about and then it makes them kind of think about their own insights and how they feel about certain things in their life so it's one of those questions that kind of like it has a ripple effect which is why I love it so much and I think forever I will ask this question on the podcast but what advice would you give to your younger self about becoming an entrepreneur in the plant-based space hmm that's a good question. I think, I think the, hmm. <laughs> I think maybe like the some of the best uh, advice that you know, and I, I heard this actually recently, sort of reflected back to me, and I was at an event last week, and someone was um, another entre- female entrepreneur was uh, speaking about a, a book she wrote, and she said something about. Uh, you know, you can't ever know something a hundred percent and you can't base your decisions on having such a, you know, solid foundation, a level of certainty when you're in the entrepreneurial space, you kind of have to be like, okay, I've got this 50 or 60%, I'm going to go with it. And I've, I think I've sort of, you know, lived and breathed that, but it's something that, you know, you also need to embrace a little bit, I think. And Hmm. I think the idea of, you know, you need to have everything sorted out and you need to have a plan and you need to know what's going to happen down the road. It's just not realistic and it will really hinder your ability to grow and develop. So I think I would, I think like that's been something that's, you know, it's been a little bit inherent to my nature, but I would go back and tell myself that it's, it's totally okay to not have a plan <laughs> and just to, to sort of um, see where the wind takes you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it also speaks to what you were talking about before being versatile and being able to kind of like think on your feet and just go with it. Um, and, and it can be scary. And I know there, like some people are just like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that every day. The risk is too high and the fight or flight (laughs) is just too much. And then other people thrive on it. And I really believe that when it's a true passion of yours and what, and I think too, there's an element of it being like your true purpose in life, things just like naturally happen and it doesn't 
feel like someone could look at what you're doing, like an outsider, for example, and say like, oh, hundred hours a week, like no way. But it doesn't feel like that when you're in the thick of things. Absolutely. I mean, you know, work, uh, work for yourself and you'll, you'll work, uh, you know, a thousand hours for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. It's also, it's, it's so rewarding. And I think, yeah, I, I can't encourage people enough to sort of take the plunge and go into business for themselves if they're, if they're willing and able. And I also totally respect that it's not for everyone. And sometimes people want to, you know, be a part of something that they don't necessarily have to take home at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like there's been so much uh, of the last few years where, you know, I'll sort of wake up in the middle of the night and, and on autopilot, check my email. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hear you, girl. <laughs> they happen. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I get that that's not for everyone, but if it is a little bit um, for, for you, I think it's, it's totally worth it and just so rewarding. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You are amazing. And we are going to post your uh, website in the show notes that way people who you're across Canada, right? So our listeners in Canada can, um, can, I guess, I think there's a tab where they can just look up the locations and find nuts for cheese. And I highly recommend the black garlic, but that's just a bias. Mm-hmm. Um, you choose whatever you want. Cause they're all delicious. The cheddar is good too. Uh, so yeah. So thank you so much for coming on. You're awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You're awesome. <laughs> thank you. really fun. The best way to spread the word about the amazing benefits of healthy living through plant-based food, fitness, and wellness is to share it with your friends and family. You can do this in person or through the various social media platforms out there. I'm so thankful for each and every like, share, and comment. And if you're looking for more food, fitness, and wellness inspos, please visit the jenniferz.com website. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z community. And until next time, stay happy, healthy, and plant-based.